Hello to anyone listening. This is the Robert Lego podcast. I I was just about to hit record and it, it's funny because I'm checking levels and then I immediately it, it was all perfectly silent and uh, I had my levels up. I, I figured, you know what, if the neighbors aren't really uh, upstairs neighbors aren't really making much noise, then maybe I can crank up my gain a little and have a little nicer recording this time. And I immediately start hearing like creaking, like, like you're hearing a person upstairs that just woke up and you're like, oh, do they know I'm down here? Oh, no. Uh, just like a horror movie. So that was kind of funny. <clears throat> um, this is a bit of a bonus episode because some uh, thing popped up and it's like, it's one of those things where I need to, I need to say some things and this is the, the place to do it for me. And um, it, it's uh, related to stuff that I always talk about. And it's uh, these um, uh, like podcasters and comedians and, and such. But before we get to that, let me I was thinking, you know what? Should I treat this as a regular episode? And I thought, well, I, I might as well just throw the the bathroom reader at the beginning so that you have at least a couple of nuggets of things to think about in case you don't really care about podcasters or comedians or YouTubers. And um, and I, I, so I checked what facts were next on, on the list that I marked and they all kind of went fitting. So <laughs> we're going to dive into it. Uh, and then we'll we'll get into the the uh, current event. Uh, this one is from the Giant Bathroom Reader. Um, retired at nineteen, the personal brother of Louis Louis the Fifteenth was said to have been the biggest ever to accommodate the needs of one man. Set in the grounds of his palace at Versa Versailles, Versailles. It employed a huge staff, and it cost 200000 a year to maintain. The king's procurers were expected to make a constant supply of girls aged between 9 and 18 available for the royal bed, although it was only during the last three years that they were obliged to be on active service. When the girls outstayed their welcome by reaching the ripe old age of 19, they were either married off or dispatched to a convent. Over a period of 34 years, a steady stream of girls passed through Louis, Louis's brothels, and there was no shortage of volunteers. Families considered that a few years of shame was a price well worth paying for a guaranteed lifelong security for their daughters thereafter. Ooh, that's, that's pretty dark. Um... Not much to say about that. It, it, uh, it it's so gross. It, it's it's kind of like that thing where you empower a word too much, and then it, it just it's out of control. It's like you empower a person, and they start running amok, and things start to get to places where you can't logically uh, understand how it it like devolved to that. Um. Okay. 
this one I have marked for other reasons too, but uh, the most corrupt prime minister ever, Britain's first prime minister, Sir Robert Wobble, a foul-mouthed little man with dirty clothes, not only stayed awake during debates in the House of Commons by eating apples, was also possibly the most corrupt prime minister ever. He lined his pockets and those of his friends with public funds, bought contraband goods and smuggled spirits through customs. Um, there, there's a, a manga and anime that I uh, enjoy, and it has a character called Wapple, and I wonder if that this was influenced to it. That's why I, I said that at the beginning. Um, let's do a couple more. I don't remember how many. Yeah, let's do these next two. So, Looney Dictators is this little section. Uh, Tidal Wave of Human Flesh. Francisco Lopez, president of Paraguay from 1862 to 1870, was not only the craziest, but also the ugliest and most obese of all Southern America's dictators. One of the most flattering descriptions of him was a tidal wave of human flesh. Lopez spent most of his reign waging a hopeless war against Paraguay's neighbor enemies Argentina, Brazil, and Uruguay and trained his men so hard that many didn't live long enough to settle the battle, to see a battle. This, combined with Lopez's refusal to allow any of his men to surrender, reduced the male population of Paraguay by nine-tenths. Jeez. Lopez's incompetence meant that the military situation grew even worse, so he organized a spying system which encouraged every third man in his army to spy on his comrades and to shoot anyone, including officers, who showed any sign of cowardice. The resulting widespread paranoia among the ranks led to many of his men marching into battle backwards because they feared their own side more than the enemy. When his senior commander found, it, found himself surrounded and facing certain defeat, he opted to blow his own brains out rather than face his president, but missed and only shot one eye out. Ooh, how has this not turned into a movie, right? Um, okay. And then uh, this one, there's a movie that I've uh, seen. It's a Spanish movie, and it's... When it was uh, explained to me, it was sold as it's, um, what's that movie? Oh, jeez. Pulp Fiction. It's like Pulp Fiction in Spanish. And uh, there's a character there that, that is exactly this, so I wonder if that's uh, true. Uh, Snowball, the Gentile, the, the genital biting dwarf. Rafael Trujillo, the Dominican Republic. Uh, I'm, I'm saying it like a white guy because I, I don't know who's listening. But it's like, should I just switch? It feels weird to go. Rafael Trujillo, the, the Dominican Republican's longest serving president, was a torturer par excellence in whose name a variety of methods were employed, including sl slow shocking electric chairs. What's slow shocking? An electrified rod known as the cane, especially effective on genitals, nail extractors, whips, tanks of blood, 
sucking leech oh blood sucking leeches and octopus and the octopus a multi-armed electrical appliance strapped to the head Trujillo's most respected torturer, however, was a dwarf known as Snowball, who specialized in biting off men's genitals. So in the movie, there's a guy, obviously, that had his sidekick bites genitals off, and he's a dwarf. Um, yeah, so there you have it, Rafael Trujillo. Um the other one is so interesting, Paraguay, because I, I, that's part of it, right? You want to tough the people up, but there's also a risk that you're causing harm. So I don't know. I, I always uh, feel that when I, I hear people trying to justify like... Uh, no, let, let me just scratch that all together. Just um, it, it makes you think of like a boot camp, that it's that idea of breaking somebody down and then building them back up. Uh, it it's, feels to me like it's that MK Ultra type of thing. It, like that, that type of mentality is that. But it, it's weird because it's like it's a, a trauma. So, in other words, based on what they're kind of leaning towards, uh, from my perspective, it, they're ultimately supposed to cause a traumatic experience for the um, soldier the or, or the would-be soldier. While the, he's going through boot camp, he's supposed to experience shock and trauma at the beginning. That way you can build him up from that point up and... Um, it's it's the monarch programming. There's so much of this stuff that uh, you can dive into, uh, but it, it's essentially that it's um, out with the old and with the new type of thing. Um, okay, so uh, the thing that I, I wanted to originally record, <laughs> white dictators kind of fit in, is. Uh, in my line of work, my what I do for a living, which is work on elevators, I am part of a union. And I don't know if it's with every single union, but I, I kind of have this understanding that it's, it is a, a changing with the times. It feels like originally, just as, as uh, Irish uh, people that of Irish descent were uh, easier... Uh, uh, potential firemen versus, I don't know, other fields. And it, it just, it, it, those stereotypes that you kind of see in movies or even just the, the, just the idea that you have that a certain type of person works in a certain field. It's uh, often like, like there's, there's some truth to it. Um, and, uh, Nepotism is a big one as well. So I, I know that even in my um, trade, it was like that, where it's like you you really got to know somebody and you're not really just going to hook up anybody. So it might just have to be a close relative or a close friend. Uh, but anyway, so it, it creates this... this uh, 
I don't know this this thing that that's really gross where it's um it's the idea that there's there's like limited resources and this that just being allowed the opportunity is just such a privilege and uh that gets in people's heads i think and um i i don't know but uh, okay so just to reverse even farther back than that uh, and then if it's too boring, I have a palate cleanser that you can forward to towards the end. Um, but okay. So you know how I've talked about how it felt like it was, um, apocalypse. Is that what I said? I, I confused the words. It's funny because X-Men, uh, apocalypse, um, Distra a book of revelation. Yeah, let me see. Portons, apocalypse. Disclose. Yeah, yeah, apocalypse, Greek. Um I, I mentioned how it felt like apocalypse with all the YouTubers that were coming out being gross people and um I mean, you, you can look back and some of them are not back. Uh, Ellen, Ellen was uh, apparently being such a terrible person and then kind of came back and tried to continue the whole thing. And I, I kind of, even though it felt like the crew people are losing by allowing her to come back, uh, or I should say w without like really addressing it. Uh, allowing her to go back it it still gave me joy to think that you know what at least she has to be on her best behavior because you know that if there was any uh um rudeness or or any misbehavior or anything against the rules that a phone would pop out immediately and start recording and uh I drive by the studio out here because I sometimes have like elevators to go service and I'll see Ellen's giant billboard and it says like, thank you for everything or something like that. And um, I don't know, it just, it makes me feel like, how does somebody not vandalize it and say, why couldn't you be nice or something or, or something even more uh, uh, terrible than that? Like call her a name or something, but I'm surprised that it doesn't happen. There's probably like cameras and security that'll tack you, tackle you down the moment you run up to the billboard. Um, but okay. So I talked about how a lot of YouTubers that happened, a lot of uh, comedians like a, uh, if you remember, there was some like um, almost like uh, grooming. Some was like underage dating and and sex, and it was like some really creepy stuff. With uh, originally it was Crystalia, and then um, Brian Callen's name popped up. And if you remember this whole drama, and it, it, this is all just my perspective, okay? For so for. As far as you're concerned, you can just make this uh, all a fictional story that, that I'm telling you. Um, look it up yourself and, and you can decide whether it's true or not. 
Uh, but yeah, so Callan was kind of uh, connected. I remember Theo Vaughn said something where it, it, he's like, I, I kind of talked to Callan. Uh, I don't remember Callan being mentioned before that. And so I'm like, okay, yeah, those two are buddy buddies. And then I feel like you kind of saw this divide. Uh, first of all, I, I really would... Uh, I, I really doubt it, but I, I really would like to know how amazing would it be if it was this whole thing breaking down that uh, made Rogan finally decide, like, you know what, I'm out of here. Because, uh, um, what's his name? Uh, Tom Segura uh, was talking about moving out of L.A. and he mentioned how it got really weird. And I, I don't know if he's necessarily meaning like, oh, COVID and, and all this uh, just L.A. weirdness was just too much for him. But it, it almost feels to me like he's talking about the comedy circuit, that something got really odd. And that would definitely do it. Um, I'm not sure where I heard this, but uh, uh, apparently the uh, whoever... Delia knows that that had uh, has power or money made a request that nobody make fun of him while he's at the comedy store or whatever it is and it could just very well be just a friend helping out another friend uh, but ah man that that's always uh, gross especially when it, it this this is a field of work while I don't um, partake in like the uh, messing around and 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 do and risking hurting somebody's feelings for humor um, I don't do a lot of that but I mean with comedian it, it kind of is their line of work so it feels kind of weird to say okay these are the things that are off limits I not not in an interview, like I can't talk about my wife or my kids, not not like that. It's it's uh, please don't make fun of him for what uh, a lot of girls are alleging, and um, and so Rogan kind of just fled. I around that time, it's when he joined Spotify, so I kind of stopped listening altogether as well. And so I did notice that kind of Rogan fled and kind of ran with his posse um, with him. And then um, Bert, is Bert moved or not? I, if he's not moved, it's, it's uh, no, I don't think he is, but Tom is. And then you did get to see, I, I don't know where it was that I saw... Um, Bill Burr and Tom Segura, and uh, it must have been some sort of cooking YouTube video. And you know how you can tell when somebody is uh, buddies with somebody and they're really comfortable? Uh, when that hasn't been breached yet, the person makes eye contact in a different way. So uh, let, let me give you an example. If I'm sitting here and I'm telling a story, and it's a story that I always tell, and I picture anybody sitting next to me if it's for example my wife the way that she looks at my eye my like makes eye contact with me as i'm telling the story is different than if a stranger would when they're and not just because they don't know me um but i i feel that those little things say a lot and um it, i i could tell that bill burr wasn't 
super close with uh, Tom. And Tom, at one point, even uh, it's not like I'm analyzing body language or anything, but at one point, Tom kind of did this insinuation where he kind of just like like pointed at at Bill Burr next to him, like check out this guy kind of thing. Uh, and that, not in a mean way or anything, but I just mean that it feels like they're not close like uh, he is to Rogan. And so you saw this divide kind of happen. And uh, Bert is, is cool with um, Bill. And they have. And of course, the other thing is that there's the all things comedy network and a lot of the comedians that are connected to that and some that are not. Um, but. There's no denying that there is a, a, a clicks, and um, when I uh, stopped listening to Sam Tripley, it was because he was kind of defending um, Crystalia, and uh, this was also around when I stopped listening to. Um, Joey Diaz. And so it kind of felt like, uh, again, the unraveling, the apocalypse happened and you're starting to see like, okay, which one of these guys have compromising morals? Like we, which guys don't think it's a big deal if somebody, uh, one of their buddies sleeps with a girl that might not be of age. Like, and then it starts to kind of push these guys to one side. And then the, uh, group left behind is kind of like the guys that that you can really listen to so it's weird because like i i stopped listening to um what's his name sam tripley although i like podcasts and i i didn't enjoy a hundred percent the way he did his podcast but it's still the information there and he was interviewing people so it, it was a decent podcast to listen to but i just can't do it after i hear him defending uh delia and and knowing the things that were being accused there and um i i don't know i i know that there's more like youtube stuff uh to that but um so Brendan Schaub, which it obviously always seemed like he was on the the like the Rogan side, and it's weird because Rogan is kind of uh, connected because of association, somewhat in my opinion. But uh, nonetheless, it's like okay, you can say that you're just buddies with somebody, but when when they're like like being accused of of like. So what what Brendan was accused of is he's hitting on uh, married women and he's married. And so he hit on Bobby Lee's um, wife. And uh, that's when when everything went to chaos. And um, you can actually follow most of this. If you go on YouTube, you can find... Um, it, it's all going to be in snippets, so you kind of have to do your own timeline and everything. But the probably the the very revealing one is uh, Bobby Lee. Oh, there's one called Bobby. No, let's give it to uh, Bobby Lee and, and Kalila. Open up about Brendan Schaub's bullying. That was uh, two days ago on the H3 podcast. 
Um, I, I was there was another one where they edited it and it's like kind of explaining it, but it's uh, oh, it's Bobby Lee clips, so I, I guess it's fine. It goes to Bobby anyway. Um, but so what he says on there, it, it goes back to what I started with about uh, being in the union, and it's that it, it creates these. It's weird because they say that with like police that uh, maybe a guy that didn't have the power or wanted crave the power uh, will end up becoming a cop or let's say a politician like the people that are pursuing a, a job for power are eventually obviously going to turn out to be um, people that abuse that power. Um, I'm not saying every right. Um, I don't know. It, it's um, I I feel like uh, who was it? Okay, so maybe this will kind of explain the complexity. On I believe it's on the H three um, podcast as well. Bobby Lee is asked about the um. Oh, I need to go on a tangent before this. So, if you look up on YouTube, Bobby Lee's video where Brian Redband a while back asked him about the Carlos Mencia stealing jokes thing. This is kind of what spawned the whole thing blowing up about uh, Mencia stealing jokes and in the video Bobby says something this is a main main point why I'm referencing it Bobby says something to uh, Redman because he's asking him about, about uh, joke stealing and he stops he looks makes eye contact with Redman makes eye contact with the phone and he says like uh, and he hesitates and he says no no well come on, man, I can't do this. What are you going to use the recording for? And he clearly is uncomfortable about the situation. And uh, Brian Redman is encouraging him, saying, you know what? No, this guy's getting away with it because people are afraid to speak out. And so Bobby Lee replies, you know what? Mencia was one of the guys that when I started in comedy he helped me out like he gave me money for gas or whatever it was maybe it wasn't exactly that but he's like i think he stayed at his place he like he took him under his wing and for as bad of a person uh, that he might be it's still like the this thing that he did for him and i i kind of understand his uh side like ah dude i really don't want to get this guy in trouble um so there's that uh, gray, if you if you want to call it, but this thing blew up again on and Bobby's face. But this one wasn't because of um, because of him. So man, it sounds like a tabloid. So let me speed through this. So Brendan hits on Kalila. Um, I don't know if she went to Bobby, but uh, ultimately Brendan calls Bobby with a bunch of other um, quote-unquote comedians in the back. 
And that's where it starts to feel like I wouldn't be surprised if it is uh, Tripoli and Callan or, or at least that side of that group of people. But anyway, they, they said some things which, oh, man, it just gets under my skin when people say, like, you'll never work in this town again or some stupid thing like that. And uh, that's essentially the threat that they were doing. The thing is that the, that threat isn't always uh, really that far of a stretch because and not exactly that they won't work ever again. Just the fact that because they're so much higher up than him, they have much more clout and they can make his life very difficult. And so now he can't just... Um, just go anywhere and perform and if uh, i don't know this guy's got 20 buddies then you got to make sure you're not performing around any of his 20 buddies um but um it couldn't have been better to say it to anybody uh else than uh, the h3 podcast ethan because he's 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 uh how would you say he's toxic to to bullies he destroys them. So uh, I, it, it's interesting to see what will happen. But, oh, man, it, it it bothers me so much to see somebody so nice like Bobby Lee and then knowing that this other dude, Brendan Schaub, is like just straight bullying him. And it, it honestly was, if you hear the podcast, he's sincerely saying, like, it had nothing to do with me. I didn't even know what was going on. And I'm just getting a phone call of him yelling at me and saying all these things. Um, and and uh, Brendan Schaub is claiming that Bobby Lee is uh, on, what's it called, on Reddit, having a whole forum on... I guess essentially making his podcast suck somehow. I don't know. And that's, it's funny because it, it makes me think that it's, it's like, uh, Brendan is, is that spellcaster that, yeah, he, he was getting fame and, and popularity and everything. And he still has a, I'm sure a huge following, but following, but, uh, for a moment there, he was like kind of throwing his fingers, fingertips forward and no spells were happening. And he's like, what, what is happening? And it, it's just, uh, I don't know. It, wh why are my views dropping? I can't keep this, this number up. And it, it's like, it's, I feel people realizing what type of person he is because for example, you, you listening right now, uh, you're listening because you can put up with me. If you didn't, then you wouldn't listen to this. And it, it's kind of the same thing with him. For for what it's worth, it might not even be something that he did for some of those. But I, I feel that there is this, and, and that's kind of what Bo Burnham always points out, that there is this... A fluid thing that you kind of have to live within or perform within, I should say. Uh, there's a certain amount of things that your audience might tolerate. And if your audience is young enough, you can get away with a lot like uh, Shane Dawson. Like 
you can lie and ignore and, and say certain things. And that kind of brings us to, there was uh, Andrew Schultz. If you just look up Andrew Schultz and then um, Andrew Schultz and then Brendan Schaub, it's one of his, what is the name? Uh, Flagrant 2. Look up uh, Flagrant 2 Andrew Schultz and you'll find a video. And th this is kind of uh, upsetting because... So, uh, Brendan Schaub is asked by Andrew, Hey, so what, what's going on with this thing with you and Bobby? And apparently at this, this point, there was like a threats being thrown around about taking them to litigation, like suing them. And so their reply was, you know what? Bring it on. I don't care. Sue us, whatever it is. And so Schultz is asking Andrew, so what, what, what's going on there? What, what happened? And then, uh, Brendan is saying, no, 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 it's fine. I, I called Bobby. This is where it starts to get really, oh, um, tabloid-like and novella-like. But um, um, Brendan says, I called Bobby. I got Kalila's number. I talked to her for two hours and we're cool. Don't don't sweat it. Everything's fine. And so Andrew replies, and this is where I, I would, I, I think out of all the videos that I've recommended uh, in this episode, so far, this is the one that's the most telling because Andrew, um, I didn't see too much of his stuff before, but I really like his Andrew Schultz Saves America. And um, I'm uh, more and more that I'm seeing of him, I'm really enjoying. But on this uh, episode, he after he gets that, that, oh, don't worry, everything's fine. He says, you know, and, and this is brilliant because he's essentially saying... Why did you not say that then? Because you're looking really bad right now. But he made it in a way where he it was so distant from Brendan that he didn't even know he he wasn't defensive. So when he replied, he's like, yeah, yeah you know, he says uh, it, it would have been nice if you had an avenue where you can go on and say, you know what, don't even worry about it. And he's like, what do you mean? He says, well, the last exchange that the public knows is go ahead, do it, we're ready, sue us. And then you said that it's squashed, but you haven't said anything. So everybody's perspective is that last message. And so you kind of see him halfway through kind of realized like oh he's essentially saying why didn't you do any not that he gets defensive with uh, with him or anything with uh, Andrew um, but I'm just saying that it, it's such a brilliant way because he asked a direct question where he normally would have got defensive or brushed it off or maybe answered in a way that was completely unhelpful but the way that he presented the question made it where he didn't even know uh, when he started answering the question that he was uh, in for explaining something that just doesn't sound logical uh, and that's so that's flagrant too I think it's Andrew Schultz Rose Brendan Brendan Schaub oh no Schultz zone so it's uh, Brendan Schaub addresses Bobby Lee's wife 
accusations. Um, if I had the whole setup, I could play that for you now. But you'll you'll find that video, and uh, you'll see that. Um, just just a. Uh, I'm trying to think. Oh, there there is a spot where you know how I'm always obsessing over. Uh, because when I'm speaking and I start stumbling, I can tell where my mind was trying to explain. It's kind of like the Porky Pig, where it's just like, "Hey, don't 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 slam that!" Do, 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 do. Uh, and, and then instead of door, he says something else. I, uh, so I could I kind of feel that in myself when I'm kind of recorrecting a sentence or something that I'm trying to say, and uh, Brendan. Uh, says when he's describing his relationship with Bobby, he says something along the lines where at the beginning it, it, he says like me and Bobby are our friend uh, we're buddy it was something uh, similar to that where the first two terms that he used that where he was headed made it sound like they were much more friends than they are and he corrected it and I think ultimately what it ended up as was me and Bobby are cool. And that tells me that in his mind, he was about to say, like, for example, me and Bobby are, are brothers. And then he stopped and he's like, no, no, no. I just yelled at this guy and threatened him. Uh, we're, we're best. We're friends. Uh, no, no, no. That's too much. We're buds. We're cool. We're cool. Yeah. Cool works. And uh, you can kind of see that thought process happen when he's saying that. Uh, it might just be me overthinking or overanalyzing, but it just feels that way. Um, what else? So, man, poor Bobby Lee. And what else? What else? Yeah, it, it's just, it's so gross to me. And... and Again, Shab can do just like uh, what? What's the other one? Um, oh, it was. Hang on, um, Sam Cedar, Sam Cedar, and Stephen Crowder. There we go. So it was. It, it's just like this whole thing. Um, him not wanting to debate, and then he he goes in there. It's it's this uh, it's this, just in a different way, and um, it's so gross, man. It's so gross when you you're threatening somebody. I th this is the part that also gets under my skin is that that. When somebody is is higher up in the scale, like in in my trade, it's like in the union. Let's say one guy's a seasoned mechanic and the other guy's a newer guy, and the old timer is kind of insulting the new guy. It's like I I really that gets under my skin. I I don't think that there's a place for that type of behavior. That I mean, it's not helping anybody. You're not gonna be better at your work if you're being told how wrong you're doing it and not um, in a productive way, I should say. Um, Tiger Belly. That's the podcast that they do. 
and uh, man, I don't know. I, I, I don't know if any anything has happened. I haven't heard anything, and this was maybe two days ago, but it was the weekend, so um, who knows? And uh, the funny thing is, it, it's like it, it's this this thing. Like I was saying, the, it, the audience is is kind of seeing the kind of the best thing that Bobby did was to go public with it and just say, and you'll see that he, it's not like he chose to, and he was uh, gun ho from the beginning. Like it took a while for him to be convinced to bring it up. Um, and uh, I don't know. I, I, I really relate with that. I feel that I'm the type to, that I, I sometimes take a little while to speak up. And so when I see that and I see somebody uh, learning to to fight through that and to speak up for himself, it, it just really, it drives me. And um, what better situation than, than that? It's like this, this uh, talk about innate feelings. It's, it's this innate feeling of the underdog, of the, the, the hero. It, it's a, a lot of the stories, for example, if there's a technology, it's, uh, okay, let's introduce this technology. Okay. So you have uh, the hero and the villain. So then the hero gets this technology. The villain gets the technology. So then what are we going to do to challenge the hero is first we're going to have him uh, fight technology to technology, and then we're going to have the hero lose the technology and fight a against the technology without using the technology. So it's like just that that raising the stakes. And um, I feel like that's something that's in our, our minds. It's just something in us to stand up for what's right. And when we... Uh, know that somebody's doing that it makes us feel good it's like it's the reason why all the movies end in such a positive note where the hero saves the day and everything is hunky-dory at the end it's it's because that's what our our brains want essentially we're an optimistic um creature and we want to hope that tomorrow still comes and I, maybe that's that's just that that mentality that transfers into uh, the perception of of just life. Um, okay, so then the how long was this? It's not too bad. Um, close these, Brendan Schaub. And, man, I, I I hope Andrew Schultz is not like on that side of the click, like. I heard um, Joey Diaz defending um, Chris D'Elia and it really bothered me because he has a daughter and at one point, I don't remember if it was on Joe Rogan or on who, I was listening to a lot of them at the time, but he made a comment or maybe I was listening to like three or four of them, but uh, anyway, he made a comment where he said something along the lines of those girls knew what they were getting into or something like that. And that's such a, a really gross thing to think, especially as a man that has a little girl to think that, Oh, it's her fault. Then it's her fault for getting into a relationship with this, this man. 
It's like it's not the man taking advantage of a of a young girl. Um, and it, uh, you can kind of hear that uh, language and that just that that uh, that ability to defend a buddy, like on on weekly uh, on weekly planet they brought up the um um what's his name james said to mason like oh uh, who were they talking about they were talking about a studio that these celebrity did something and the studio never spoke up about it and he said it's kind of weird no that the studio never said anything he's like what do you mean he's like well normally like the studio stands up and says we do not condone the act condone the actions of actor such and such and he's like yeah good point and he says i mean for example if you went and you like hit somebody I would feel obligated to say something. Uh, I, I mean, they're partners; they work together. And he's just like, "Yeah, good point," and it, it, and it's true. Uh, so it, it's it's a difficult thing because remember what I said about Bobby. Uh, he because he said about the Leah that he and him are are very childish in nature, so they relate in that sense. And I have. Um, listen to him when they used to do like episodes of the 10 minute podcast because Bobby was one of the guys that was a filler constantly uh, and I I do believe that but the thing is it's like okay so were you close were you close enough to know that this guy was into dating underage girls because it, there's a lot of girls. Was it Whitney Cummings? There was a lot of uh, comedians that mentioned in a negative way that oh, it's it's this guy and younger age than this guy, and it, it's like it's such a gross thing because it's one of those things that it, you can, if you have uh, the 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 smarts, you can wiggle your way, especially if your audience is young, like uh, Shane Dawson. I, he, he's probably on his way back or back already. Um, it's a matter of really just ignoring all those things. And then even though you call it like an apology, you never really apologize. You talk about moving forward what's going to happen but then nothing about what happened in the past or what should or shouldn't have happened and um i don't know we'll have to wait and see and i wonder if you have stuff like that where you have like for example i heard this on the one piece podcast and i, I stand by it as well if we uh all of the one piece fans that that agree with this if we ever found out that Eiichiro Oda the creator of the show was tied to any type of um pedophilia we would immediately stop supporting him and it, it's evident in like the Harry Potter series with how many people just dropped J.K. Rowling's for her hateful um messages on on trans subjects and things very uh inconsiderate um stances that she has and just again it, it makes me think that it's that veil that that's off now it's like she she got her her little moment on the spotlight but now people know what type of person she is so it's like get this 
it, this sounds like a joke. The concept of the new game. Who was talking about this? Um, ah, new Harry Potter game. Oh, it was my wife. My wife had a video game reviewer. Oh, man, I'm not going to know who it is. Sorry, man. I, uh, if I figure it out, I'll put it in the comments. But this guy was talking about... Oh, maybe I could find it this way. Can you separate the artist? I believe this is how it was. Now let me see if the thumbnail... The artist from the... Oh, from the art. Oh, man. <laughs> and then J JK... Rawlings. Okay. Okay, here it is. Uh, it was uh, Kunkin Dastner. Uh, he was talking about it. I saw this video and, and very, uh, very good video. You need to check that out if you're interested in the subject. And I, I feel that. I feel that. That's why it kind of makes it difficult and I keep thinking of that uh, game that I don't even know if it's good or not. No More Heroes. or no, Yeah, No More Heroes. Because it's like all the heroes that they give you are not real. And then a lot of these guys um, it's like J.K. Rawlings probably had those beliefs from the beginning, but she was smart enough to keep her mouth shut until she got to a certain point. And it's like, and then it just fell off the wagon. It's just everything just fell apart and to pieces. Um, but, oh man, it, it's like I, I wouldn't want to support a comedian or buy anything from them that, that if they're the, like, if they're like Dalia or they're cool with Dalia or they defend Dalia, it's like, no, that's, that's not cool. Um, okay, so, uh, and then I, I don't know why I was going to go through some of my podcasts. I think it was because of ads, but let's just jump to the palate cleanser. So I uh, came across this also through the H3 podcast. I think this just happened. My wife is really into this. Um, H3 live. Uh, birds aren't so the the thing is burn birds aren't real okay so it's uh birds aren't real Colin Amber Heard versus Johnny Depp Avatar 2 and it's uh H3 TV number 35 um so this guy created a thing where it's like birds aren't real and then they crafted the story they're robots they're drones they're not real wake up and and they sell like equipment and everything at first i was a little weary because first of all you got to be a little careful when there's stuff popping up that's um referencing conspiracy stuff because it's often very hurtful like uh in the office and i think parks and rec they're both representations where the 
um, the I don't know, like the conspiracy people are just so weird as, in comparison to everybody else that it just I I think that it just does a lot of uh, propaganding propaganding harm. Uh, so anyway, yeah, birds aren't real, and and this guy's got some merchant stuff, but he just ran with this idea, and he crafted, and then he was on the news. He's on sixty minutes, and it just it blew up so um, impressive. And uh, what is this? There's an actual thing to join. Um, birds aren't real. Movement has been active since 1976 preventative cause our goal is to stop genocide of real birds and so uh yeah you can go to birds aren't real uh dot com and um when he was being interviewed he mentioned that uh he was kind of crafting it just to kind of make fun of uh flat earthers and that's when i started feeling like uh is this uh uh, like some sort of um, I'd hate to say like an agent but you get these people that pop up and they just it feels like they have a specific purpose and they just disappear kind of like that guy that at that pizza gate so there's children missing there's all this evidence through emails back and forth on what's going on and then it's tied to a guy whose name is pedophile in Latin and then a pizza place and that uh, pizza place that is supposed to be like an underground place or a point in this whole process. And so this uh, guy serves his purpose. He goes in there, shoots one bullet. It goes through a wall and hits a hard drive that contained all the pedophilia. And it kind of wraps everything up in a tiny little cute bow. And then everybody can go back to work and feel like nothing's wrong. While children are still going missing every single day. And whether you'd like to believe that there's uh, some some weird society out there. Let's not even go that far. Let's just say if they are going missing, then let's put a stop to that. And... It's almost like that thing where it's like, I would encourage any citizen at all times to have their phone ready. If you see anything suspicious, if you ever see like an unmarked van in it going in and out of an airport at a weird time or a warehouse or unmarked anything or anything without any plates, uh, it, it how how crazy would that be? But the thing is, I think that there's a lot of stuff that does happen and... Um, the majority of the people are set to be so busy that you don't have time to police your neighborhood or learn something new or improve uh, things around you. Oh, man, I said palate cleanser and then I just pulled it right back down. But um, yeah, so birds aren't real. This kid's really brilliant. And um, I, I at least from what I've seen, I, I would support him and um I'm kind of curious what he's going to do with all that because uh, he actually even interviewed a guy um, and he was like allegedly the guy that um, cleaned up all the birds and that he was really sad about it and all this whole thing. But here's the thing. I don't know about now, but 
before I used to go on um, Project Camelot and uh, I actually got in through a friend and he at the time was really into man what was this guy's name I don't know if even Hoagland's stuff was on through through there uh, the ancient alien stuff was through there. But anyway, there, there's a lot of like claims of super soldiers and uh, just people that are in like crazy projects uh, that are like dark project in the dark Internet, dark, dark government, dark projects in the government. Man, why was that so hard? Um, but yeah, there, there's uh hours and hours the, the one that I went through I was treating it like uh, because a friend of mine was telling me like dude it's this whole thing and what he was telling me I, I'm like so is this a, like a fairy tale is this fiction and because it was like no his buddy it's like an alien and he put him in this pod so that he can live but they were trying to separate them so instead he grabbed him and pushed him through a portal and then he ran through there and they were both in trouble but he really loved him and it's like this whole crazy thing and it's like this whole long drama where it was like i want to say it was like three episodes that were three hours each and at the beginning it's like him as a little boy he's like seven or something on a swing and he remembers this light and then missing time and at the end of the story kind of ties into that and it's like the alien that saw him when he was a boy is the same alien always watched him over and all the injuries throughout his life the alien was there it's like some whole crazy thing i might be filling this all in but it was it was like that like a really long thing and if you heard the person, mind you, a lot of the super soldier guys are just so ridiculously funny. I get a glimpse of them through the Mysterious Universe podcast that I listen to. They kind of uh, cover some of these guys and it, it's all in, in fun. Um, but I, on some of these, it's very interesting because if you listen to the person explain what they are trying to get across it seems that they do believe what they've experienced um i i don't know um and, and that's why it, it makes me think that this birds aren't real is so brilliant because you get a guy that is like oh yeah i was part of the cia project blah 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 and it, it's all in in fun but i it always makes me wonder how many of the people do um do know that, that that it's a gag because there's um oh man to say this without insulting it, it it's there's a certain layer of intelligence where a certain amount of jokes will just go completely over people's heads and um there's also like this this whole improv thing where like let, let's say you meet somebody and you, you say something or you might joke make a joke the person could be that brilliant that that smart in throwing out just improv little jokes and adding to it and then it, you create a whole little uh gag w with each other and then there's people that just can't do that that can't think on the fly don't really aren't comical like that or any of these other things so uh 
it's really fascinating to wonder is is are most of the people aware that it's a gag or not and that's where it might be slightly harmful but why not just just go into any theory that you're interested in and go in uh, with a skeptical mind and ask yourself whether it, it makes sense or not or how the person got to that and whether you agree or not with their conclusion it's uh i don't know we're not allowed to think anymore um okay that's um that's the bonus episode i'm giving you about uh chisme all podcast and youtube chisme um i'll do another one once i collect some more um info and and stories or maybe I'll, I'll cover another book but um thank you very much for making it this far i hope your um you your brain had some some little bits to rub together and think about um and if not i apologize for wasting your time but um aren't you glad you're not paying me for this um thank you for for listening and take care of yourselves talk to you next time <laughs>